0: Just a quick glance at our society and you would think that we think very little of life. God has a different view, however, as we'll see next on this edition of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. From Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City, hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. Our time today takes us to Acts chapter 17 verses 24 through 30 in a message simply entitled, Life is Sacred. You see, indeed God made all things and if God is God, all things being equal, anything He makes is a priceless value. And God determines His appointed times and boundaries for mankind Join us as we understand the sacred life God has created and why. Here's Pastor Steve Godfors with today's broadcast of Graceful Truth.
1: This week is Sanctity of Life Week, and uh, all across this nation, pastors are bringing up the sacredness of life, and and we're going to do the same here uh, this morning. Vince Lombardi, once, he was one of the most outstanding uh, coaches of the the Green Bay Packers, and each uh, year he was so successful, um, the Super Bowl winners received the uh, Lombardi Trophy, as you may know. But each year. Coach Lombardi would start off each summer camp, and you probably heard this. He would get the players together, and he'd get them together in kind of a locker room and grab a football, and he'd hold it up, and he said, Gentlemen, this is a football. (laughs) And he'd start every year teaching them the fundamentals of the game of football, even though these were professional athletes. They probably thought football in their sleep, dreamt about it thought about it all day. That's all they did. But he knew that unless they had the fundamentals down, you're really at a loss to build any foundation of a team. And the basics of fundamentals for us as believers and as Christians and as the human race really begins in the book of Genesis. Uh, Understand that we are part of God's eternal plan. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works which God has prepared for us to do in advance. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, God told Jeremiah, Before I even formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to all the nations. Today, as that video said, this year marks the 40th year of Roe versus Wade. We all remember probably where we were on September 11, 2001, when those planes took over 3,500 lives. They were literally extinguished within seconds as the world trade towers fell. And in that crowd of people, no doubt were potential doctors and scientists and preachers and future leaders whose lives were taken by unknown terrorists at the time. And we endured weeks of news footage showing those planes running into those towers and hearing about the loss of life. What did not make headlines on September 12, 2001, the very next day, were the 4,000 lives that were extinguished by what is called pro-choice. It happened again September 12. September 13th, September 14th. Each day since 1973, approximately 4,000 unborn babies are aborted each day. 28,000 a week. 112,000 each month. Almost one and a half million per year. Sometimes we fail to recognize that on September 11, 2001, terrorists, sure, they killed over 3,500 people, and we cried out for justice, and it was swift as it should have been. But 4,000 unborn babies are being taken away every day, and very seldom do we see any weeping or anger or outcry for justice. Did you know that the penalty for killing an unborn eagle in this country is a fine of up to $5,000 and five years in prison? (laughs) But the killing of an unborn baby is not considered a crime at all as long as the mother approves. One in four women have an abortion, and one in ten women in the church have an abortion. If you look at the American war casualties, the Revolutionary War was 25,324 casualties. The Civil War was 498,332. World War II was 407,316. The Korean War was 54,246. Vietnam took 56,655 lives. The Gulf War, 293. And yet there's a war that's raging for the unborn, upwards of 31 million, since abortion was legalized in 1973. That's six times, beloved, the number of casualties in all of those wars combined. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16, says this, You were created, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Do you know that within 21 days, the baby's backbone, the spinal cord, the nervous system are forming? A small heart is present and it's beating. At one month, arms and legs are present. There's a head with rudimentary eyes and ears and mouth and a brain. See, we want people to understand that it's important for us to know that our worth as a person is not based on what we do Or whether we meet certain criteria or qualities. Instead, our value exists because God set His image, the Word of God tells us, upon us. That's because God sustains us. He sacrificed His own begotten Son for us. And He seeks to use us in His kingdom. I mean, how encouraging it should be for us to learn God's purpose in our life is tied directly to his ability to use us. No matter what our physical or mental condition might be. So turn with me to the book of Acts, because I just want to read these verses for us this morning. Acts chapter 17 Your outline says verse 17, but it should be verse 24 to 30. Acts chapter 17, pick it up in verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling places, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. Yet He Verse 30, the times of ignorance God overlooked. But no, he commands all people everywhere to repent. As we look at this text, I want you to look at verses 24 and 25. First thing I want us to notice this morning is that God made us. God made all things, that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he gives to all life and breath and all things. That's what it says. Colossians chapter one verse sixteen and seventeen says, For by him Christ were all things created. The things that are in heaven. Colossians one sixteen to seventeen, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, it says all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things. And by Him all things consist. In other words, He holds everything together. There's going to be a day, beloved, when Christ lets go. You talk to the the most intense nuclear physicists in the world and they'll say, you know, when we get right down to the atom and you know, you got all these things in there running around and we don't understand how it all holds together. Christ holds it together. That's the answer. And one day He's going to let go. Psalm 127 verse three says, "Beloved, or behold, children are a gift from the Lord." See, we have to understand that we don't make our own destiny. God is the power behind barrenness, but He's also the power behind conception. You read in the Bible where God closed the womb of a woman. And then you can read in the Bible where God opened the womb of a woman. See, we are simply the human instrumentation through which God makes children, makes a baby. You cannot, through sexual relationships, create a soul, an immortal, eternal soul. And if you understand that, then every life is precious. Every life is sacred. Do you know that God is the creator of of those handicapped people, those deformed people that are born? In Exodus 4.11, Moses says this, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him dumb or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? See, we live in a society where We only expect perfection. And when perfection doesn't happen, well, then society is allowed an easy way to just kind of get rid of the pregnancy. Remember in John chapter 9, the disciples asked Jesus concerning an individual who sinned this man or his parents, because he was blind, and people looked at him and said, this guy must have sinned pretty bad because he's blind. He was born blind, so maybe his parents were just bad people. But Jesus said this, nobody, nobody sinned. This man was born blind for the glory of God. That puts a whole different spin on things, doesn't it? That God gives to all life and breath, Does not have any needs himself. In Job chapter 34, verses 14 and 15, it says this If it were God's intention and he withdrew his spirit and breath, all mankind, listen to this, would perish together and man would return to dust. Do you know that every day that you wake up and your eyes open and you take that breath of fresh air in the morning, that that's a gift from God? Paul says the real God is the one who gives, who pours out. He doesn't need anything from us. He does not live, Paul says, in temples made by man. This place is a building. It's just a gathering place for us. There's nothing holy about this place. We don't worship this building. God is the one who made you. He made me. He made everything about you and I. And there is nothing you can give him that he needs. He is rather, the Bible says, giving himself continually to you. I mean, just think of the the verse that's so wide known. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. Secondly, not only did God make all things, but I want you to see here this morning that God determined his appointed times and boundaries for mankind. Look at verse 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live all, on all the face of the earth, And then it says this, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling places. See, we think that we make our own destiny. We think that we're, you know, who we are because we're self-made and all. Don't believe that. Who you are is a gift from God. The Apostle Paul says that God made from one blood, basically, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth. Remember little kids singing the song yellow or red yellow black and white we are all precious right in his sight no one person creed or nation has a higher standing or quality than another all life is sacred all human life is sacred somehow we think as americans we have a corner on god's blessing we don't paul says that god also determined their Appointed times and boundaries of their habitation. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, you hear this spoken at services, memorial services, and funerals. There is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted. That word their time, in the Hebrew, means an appointed time or a proper time. It, it signifies a fixed time, a, a set time in which God has already worked out in advance. Proper, an appropriate time. See, God is the God of order, beloved. He's he's not a God of chaos. He doesn't just create us and throw us here on earth and say, okay, hope it works out fine for you. No. The Bible says that our days are numbered. The psalmist says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. They're not put together by a set of random events and choices that somehow we make. So the Bible says both in Ecclesiastes and Acts, that there's a proper, appropriate time which has been determined by our sovereign God for birth and death to occur. Solomon says there, there's a time to be born and a time to die. These times are obviously determined by the divine counsel of God. So to kill a life, because it doesn't meet our criteria, concerning quality of life is really to play like God. Abortion, the killing of an unborn human being. Or infanticide, the killing of an infant. Or euthanasia, the killing of the ill and the infirm. Or homicide, the murder of an innocent person at any stage in life. Those are all revoltive acts of sin against a holy God. That word abortion, by the way, comes from the Latin word, which means to perish by untimely birth. (laughs) That's what the word literally means, to perish by untimely birth. The word sanctity, on the other hand, describes that which is sacred, hallowed. And we know that throughout the Bible, God over and over again, in the Old Testament and even the New, he condemns the innocent bloodshed. That goes on in our societies. But like birth, death also has its time. And there's a clear and distinct difference between allowing the death process to occur and speeding it up. I mean, I don't know if you ever think about death, but I have occasional thoughts of it. I always wonder, well, Lord, how's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Matter of fact, I had a discussion with my grandson son, the night before I left. Laying in bed. and He said, Grandpa... Tomorrow, you're going to go fly back to California, right? I said, yeah. So what if the plane crashes? He's 10. I said, well, Mason, if the plane crashes, I'll be in a better place. And then he goes, but what if you don't die? What if you're just injured really, really bad? I'm going, well, (laughs) I'd rather die well, do you really want to die, Grandpa? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying I want to die, but I'm looking forward to meeting the Lord. And we had a good long discussion into the wee hours of the morning about this whole thing. Sometimes you think about death. And sometimes we think that somehow we are holding the, the, the controls to that when we're not. Everyone, beloved, dies on time, at the appropriate time. There's no exception there. The argument that we have a right to decide when life is worth living, really it opens up Pandora's box to all sorts of things. Well, if someone just becomes inconvenient, you've got to take care of them. Well, then, okay, you can get rid of them. And these are very controversial things we're talking about. That's why we go back to the Word of God, and that's why we go back to the fundamentals and realize that, you know what, every life is precious in God's sight. Psalm 116, verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. That's what we have to hold on to. The death process for us may be ugly, I don't know, or it may be quick. But we have to hold on to, you know what, there's something better. There's a place we're going because of our faith, our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins. We have to trust in the wisdom of God, not man, concerning these things. To everything there's a season. James 1.5 says, If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Why do tragic events happen in life? We don't know. But they do. You can't sit there and tell people, well, that was a mistake. That was... No. You don't think God orchestrates things? Allows, at least allows things to take place? We serve a
0: sovereign God. We're out of time. That'll close out our time together today here on Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse from Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. And we trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade 5. And if you would like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. Our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650 650- 366-9923. We meet at 2225 Euclid Avenue here in Redwood City. And directions are on our website, gracefultruth.org, or again, simply call six five zero three six six, ninety nine twenty three. 9923 That's six five zero three six six, ninety nine twenty three. 9923 And again, we'd love to have you join us for worship. Simply call for directions or go to our website, gracefultruth.org. While you're at our website, make sure to check out the resource materials available from us here at Graceful Truth, including past programs of Graceful Truth that you can download for free. GracefulTruth.org is where to go. If you're writing to us, our address is 2225 Euclid Avenue. That's 2225 Euclid Avenue. We're here in Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. And again, our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. We thank you for spending time with us today and trust we'll see you next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse.